Welcome to I Am Here, show with me, Amarilis, and Gabby. We are cousins. We talk about our stories, share some laughs, just healing. So today we are joined with my friend, my homie, Kayla. We're going to talk about food and our relationship with it and how it affects our mood. So um, Kayla, through you, um, I know I learned a lot of different things um, about food and just how it works with our system and things that I've researched on my own. But you've been vegan, you've been pescatarian, you've been a meat eater, um, and I know Gabby too. All of them, uh, all the Aryans. <laughs> all the Aryans. And Gabby too has um, been on a gluten-free path and has um, come in and out of that. Um, mm -hmm. So we wanted to kind of talk about just the relationship we have with food in general, how it affects our health and how we feel. Because I know emotional eating can be a big thing. Um, and I've gone through my own processes with that too, of either not eating enough or eating too much. Yeah. And Kayla just did a cleanse. We did, did. we did the raw food vegan cleanse. I did it, what, like three years ago with you? I don't know how long it was. Two or three years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's when been a while. So it's... In 2009 was the first time I came across the raw food uh, detox, which is through D-Herbs. And I, well, Ariel, my husband, he introduced me to it because he's always been into- Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Like the detox. So the very first fast that I ever did was the Daniel's fast, right? The What's Daniel's that? fast, it's, it's a biblical fast with just eating vegetarian like it was very just basic vegetarian and, and at that time when i was part of the church we did a fast so then i did um the daniel's fast i felt amazing and vegetarian and everything years later that was when i was like 18 years later when i was with ariel then he told me you know he was like man you know how do you know who dr sabi is and i'm like no i don't know who dr sabi is um, so he introduced me to him and Dr. Sebi, which he passed now, you know, rest in peace to Dr. Sebi, he got into, um, you know, like sharing how to heal diseases using foods, you mm -hmm. know, so his background comes from um, like Afro, an Afro background, meaning that with African descent, you want to eat a particular food, not not everything because it's gonna, it's, it's almost like poison to the body, you know, so things like sickle cell anemia, or um you know cancers and even hiv aids like all of these diseases can be cured according to dr sabi and and he's cured a lot of them you know so we really started looking into his diet and the way that he did his life which was mainly a raw food diet except he has particular fruits and vegetables that he would use you know that it makes it a little different from just like a regular raw food diet um but magic johnson went to him and Dr. Savi helped him, you know, like with his, a lot of people don't know that. He's also Lisa Lopez from TLC. Yeah. Yeah. Like she went over to Honduras uh, to his retreat center and they, they define, I think it's called La Ceiba um, over in Honduras and that's his retreat center. And she went over there to do a cleanse and she was doing great. She ended up passing away over there, not from the cleanse, but from her car accident that yeah. she had. Wow. Right. Um, but I mean, that's what she was over there doing. And Dr. Savi was, I mean, controversial because of course, if certain diseases were cured, you know, 
the pharmaceutical yeah. industry of having issues. So his kids, I think it's his daughter, um, runs his retreat center now and they still like do his teachings. Yeah. Um, but from there, that's when we started looking into the herbs and we're like, hey, we should do a full body detox. Because Ariel, he was like, yo, this is enough. I can't tie my sneakers and his stomach what? was away. See, that's what was yeah, surprising so. when you told me it was him, when you just said it was him who introduced it. It's surprising to me um, because, and it may be stereotypical and biased on my end, but I'm like, usually experiences that I've had with men are not about having a relationship with food. Like, it's just like food is whatever. I'm just going to eat what makes me feel good. And that's it. Not really oh, he, has, he has one of the most complicated relationships with food that it like, it almost aggravates my relationship with food. Cause I'm like, yo, you're disturbing my peace and my love for food. I want to eat real food. I'm like, this is food. Yeah, so we'll argue over salads or argue yeah. over like certain foods because he's, very stereotypical Dominican that he's like, look, we're Dominican. We eat rice and beans and chicken. Oh, are you kidding mm -hmm. me? You know, like, and he gets angry, but he's realized that a lot of his habits with his food comes from even his own, like his mom and her relationship with food. It's very you cultural. Know, so it's it's just, very like it's family. It's hell. traditional. Like, all right, we're eating rice. We're eating beans. We're eating. And it's, it's, it's almost like growing comforting. up. Yeah. It's comforting, but it's an identity as well yeah um because growing up and gabby and i will make fun of our grandma all the time because we come into the house and i think this is very hispanic as well like come into the house and she's like you eat and we're like yeah 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 we're good we're not hungry and then she still serves you a plate a plate of food and you still got to eat it whether you wanted yeah. to or not yeah um so it's it becomes like a offensive if you don't eat the food it is yeah and that's and i think that's where the balance comes in because i am a believer of you know like I used to uh, all the way, like, you're harming the animals, harming the earth. Like, what are you doing? You know, you're eating animal carcass. And okay, tell me, so like, how did you get into that vegan lifestyle? Because you said. Because it was from that, from that detox of him having, being overweight. And I said, okay, let's go ahead and do a detox. And we lost so much weight. And we felt great. And I felt vibrant. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, my mind felt clear, you know? And I was like, this is the way I'm supposed to be eating. Because from the Daniels fast that I did before, I already knew my body did great on me. I was telling him, listen, you should really look into being vegetarian. But when he tried being vegetarian, he was doing, like, Uncle Ben's rice with, like, peas and carrots. It's come such a long way. Like, he eats so many vegetables that before he didn't. Um, but... And so even though he he will introduce me to something to put it into practice he's very stubborn he's so stubborn so it's it's like it's some serious it's <laughs> some serious games that we're playing and discipline yeah but and once we were into it and once we got you know we were we were in and then he's like i said we were very gung-ho vegan for a while that i was like no i'm not gonna eat that no i'm not gonna eat that you know and then i started and then that created a different type of like relationship with food that I didn't want either. You know what I mean? Because it was just, it was too much. It was too, it was way too strict. Like I wanted to live, I wanted to enjoy my food a little bit, you know? Um, so everything I mean, that's the point. I, I, oh, it's not the point of food because you mentioned it before of just like food being, well, like there's like the functional medicine you know, now, um, that I, I've been looking into, and I know it's probably a mm -hmm. similar thing. It's just a functional medicine of like, food is, is medicine or food can be poison. You know, it's information that you're giving to your Correct. body generate. Um, so there is yeah. that thought, but for like the, the like majority of my life, it's just like, well, food is supposed to be pleasurable. So if I'm not enjoying what I'm eating, even if it's healthy, if I'm not enjoying it, my thought is like, oh man, well, how healthy 
am I? You know, if I'm miserable eating the salad, what the heck am I doing eating the salad for? I don't care. <laughs> I want like I yeah. want potatoes. But then you gotta but then you gotta ask yourself like why are you miserable eating the salad? You know what I mean? Because a lot of our food a lot of our taste buds, you know, is and that's the purpose of the detox is to like cleanse your palate. Because yeah. when we're eating foods with like sasson <laughs> and like it what that does like especially monosodium glutamate msg like what it does is it it changes your taste buds so where you do not one feel full and then two it just kind of like uh what is that called overstimulates it yeah you know so that when you finally do eat a piece of lettuce it's nasty or even a celery a piece of celery it's because your taste buds have already been like over stimulated mm -hmm. You know, so you, you're not going to pick up like those subtle flavors. It is it's, a drug. Food, yeah. is, food is a drug. So there's certain foods that are processed that have those addictive qualities in them on purpose by the food industry so that you can get addicted and then you can continue buying it. And then where you also don't feel full, so then you keep on eating it. And then it also dehydrates you. So that way it's just like this crazy vicious cycle, <laughs> you know, so... Oh my gosh. Okay, so I had to watch this thing in biology class and it was like it was talking about all of the all of the issues with um addictive foods in just just in general like McDonald's and everything. But like you said, it's addictive. It's 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 sugar is in Campbell tomato soup and sugar is in ketchup. Like why the hell is sugar in that? yeah it's so unnecessary and then we're so used to it so then when we have like tomato paste or something that's natural it tastes weird it's different it yeah, also you don't pick it up yeah like the idea of like overstimulation also makes me think of like sound like if we're listening to really loud music and then we hear something a lot softer we're not going to be able to hear it no. we're just going to be that's perfect analogy that's yeah. a perfect analogy. Yeah. And I like that. I are doing a few detoxes and like really looking into plant medicine and like what are plants and what they have for us. And we have this symbiotic relationship with them that they give the, us something, we give them something, we care for them. We, you know, give them the water and we talk to them and all of that stuff. They give us oxygen, they give us nutrition, but there is like, if you start going into the Amazon and plant medicine and every single plant has a different spirit, you know, and a different entity, a different thing that they have. A, a that reminds me of Pandora. Plant. Like you say that and I'm like in Pandora yeah. with Avatar. I'm like, oh, the spirits are Pocahontas. I'm like, and, oh, yes, the spirits are my animal, of my plant friends. Yeah, so the moment you start cleaning out your diet, you know, you have the pineal gland, you have your third eye, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that give you intuition, um, you know, the all-seeing eye, like you're just very in tune spiritually, like with yourself, like all of those things. So then certain plants have an effect on you and on your body. Girl, you know? this, is, so, this is crazy. Now I'm like, oh, because like, yeah, this is a different thing. So now but I love eating, it because we talk about like, okay, like Gabby and I, and in these conversations and in the show, we like, we talked about just spiritual connection yeah um mm -hmm. to like the earth and to ancestors and to each other and just there is like this just a spiritual connection but now you're taking it to a whole different level that i hadn't thought about of like yeah my friends got spiritual your plant friends and your food yeah so then if you have a, a tomato tomato is a plant just like another medicine you know like i'm gonna go very extreme i'm gonna go with ayahuasca so if you do ayahuasca which is a plant medicine that plant medicine is a teacher plant and it has certain like 
cleansing things. It also talks to you, also helps you, all of that. It, it just, it helps your whole psyche. Like it's just a, in a lot of different levels. Like I'm, I'm being very brief on like what this mm-hmm. plant medicine does. Mm-hmm. But this is a psychedelic plant medicine. Not to say that other plants don't have this type of relationship with you. It's just not psychedelic. You know, so if you're talking about a tomato or wheatgrass or beans or every single plant has a different energy to them and different nutrition and different messages for your body, you know, so Mm. it it really is a huge thing to be eating a lot of plants. The moment that you start eating things that don't have energy, you're also bringing that energy frequency down in your own body. You know, so it's not that you can't eat meat. You can eat meat, but one, you have to go with one with the right, like, energy. It's saying like this was a, a, a living being with respect, you know, like this was a living being and this being has energy and now it's dead and, you know, I am going to consume it for nutrition, but having like the, the utmost respect for it and then also balancing it out with your plant friends, you know what I mean? Because you are going to be, it is going to bring you a little down, you know, so you have to, it's almost like going, they say the energetics of food, energetics of food, you go from the sunlight, you know, and grass. And then if you go to the animals, you're kind of skipping. You're kind of like not going straight to the source of energy. You know, it's like further away from energy. But if you're going straight to the source, which is like the sun and the ground, then you have the highest energy, the highest alkalinity in your, in your nutrition. You know, where you can, like I said, you can have meat. Like meat is necessary for a lot of people. Some people are allergic to vegetables. Some people are allergic mm-hmm. to a lot of like areas allergic to nuts. So he's limited to certain things. So meat is a necessary uh, nutrition for a lot of people. You know what I mean? But it's, it's bio-individuality. It's, it's figuring out what it is that's good for your own body and like what is medicine and what is poison, yeah. you know? And that's where like that balance comes in. So I guess like my one question would be like, are there different energy levels for plants um, and vegetables? Like for the different ones? Like how would we know which ones? Who yeah. knows? Maybe you got to try them and see how you feel. That makes sense. You know, I would, and be I would like, think like so. they're superfoods. I think so because you have superfoods that are like super potent, strong foods. But I also know, think like, like you know, with just thinking of how you tend and care for plants, um, different plants and different um, mm-hmm. like trees, they need different pH levels in the soil. You need different kind of soils. You need different watering ways. So it's almost like that's the way I'm kind of conceptualizing and thinking of this. Of each mm-hmm. plant needs a different type of care. If you do the same exact thing with every plant, some are going to thrive yeah. and some are going to yeah, die. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and I think, yeah, man, like, you know how many I yeah. kill by accident trying to love them? <laughs> you know, but isn't, isn't that how we figure out how to love people too, you know? It's exactly. Like it's exactly it's like, the same thing with us. And there's like a that meme that says we, um, we're just like, um, plants but with complicated emotions we just really need sun and we're just like plants we just have complicated emotions but it's like each person in each body needs something different so one person may thrive and do Mm -hmm. well on plant-based vegan diet and somebody else like you said may actually need the, the the meat um because i think of just myself like i i love vegetables i love fruits i like to eat plants but i also notice when i i don't have a certain um food group my my mood and my energy level go down and like i've had mm-hmm. to really pay attention to my body and 
years um, of recognizing why I was not feeling good. Um, and obviously there's other parts of self-care, but food being so instrumental that at this point now, I can be in the middle of the day and be really sluggish and really down and even feeling sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I have to stop. Sad. I'm like, oh. Sad. Yeah, just super <laughs> sad. And I'm like, what happened? And I'm like, did anything happen? What's going on? And I'm like, girl, you have not eaten in like five, six hours. And then I'll eat something that is um, helpful, you know, like, and it's not just some small things because I'll have like a, a salad or I have like healthy things. But I'm like, no, I need something for my body. I'm like, I need more hearty full And then I'm like, oof, I got this. I'm like ready to take on the world and I'm feeling good. Or I'll eat something that is not so helpful for my body and it makes me feel worse. Like I'm dragging even yeah. more. Mm -hmm. Ooh, mm -hmm. That makes me think, I was talking to also the other day, uh, your brother, and he was telling me that I need to put an alarm for eating food because every time I'm talking to him, I'm like, I feel awful. I feel like this. I feel like that. And he's like, every time, did you eat? Did you eat? Food? Yeah. And I'm like, oh it's been like five hours and then like like you said like i go and then i know i'm not supposed to eat, be eating bread but i go and i get one of these like i just ate two of them right are you now. not supposed to be eating bread because it's mm -hmm. because it's gluten bread is gluten so and i know i know i'm not supposed to well like because i i know that i have an issue with gluten because like my dad has celiac disease and like i have the gene for it but we don't know exactly but i know that when i have gluten my stomach feels like a mess mm -hmm. so like I go and I eat bread and then I feel worse. Like at first I feel fine because I guess like the sugar, my blood sugar goes up a little mm -hmm. bit and I'm good. But then suddenly like I get like what they call brain fog. So then like I start like feeling like down and or I can't really think of things very well. Like I, I try to, I start on one train of thought and then I completely lose it, which wouldn't happen if I had something that was healthier like there was a week that i was just like eating salads and soups and i was making sure i was eating vegetables and fruit and like drinking a lot of water because i was 100 percent needed and after a while like i felt so much more clear in the head and i felt like i could do a lot better not just um mm -hmm. mentally but also emotionally like i felt so good um but then i started eating a lot of bread again and now we're here again. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's an addiction. I love bread. And that's the thing, too, like love what we were it. talking about earlier, like culturally, um, because when I was doing the detox with you, Kayla, and even just changing my, my diet for me, kind of realizing, hey, I, when I don't eat extremely processed food, I feel better. So it's more like things that I know where they came from. You know, like I started looking into um, like the actual ingredients in food. And if I didn't know where it com comes from, then I wouldn't eat it. So it's like, if you, I don't know how it's made, mm -hmm. I don't want to eat it. So simple things like white vinegar, I had to stop and I'm like, what plant does How did I make this? Yes. I'm like, wait what plant is this from or how like where does this come from because i did i was like wait a minute and that's where i learned i was like okay i'm gonna go for apple cider vinegar because now i understand i know where that comes from so it's like there there's less process to that gabby's like mm -hmm. faces like <laughs> yeah because i use white vinegar on like now they're saying that and i'm like oh it's all it's part of the process you know it's part of the journey like as you learn you're never gonna get it 100 percent right mm -hmm. just as you learn as you go and yeah, then you're like, like, oh, you learn something else. And then the point is that once you learn it, then to make the change. 
And you that know what makes I mean? it hard then, depending on who your support system is. Because I mean, yeah. these things, um, and I may implement them, but when I was talking earlier about just like doing the raw food vegan and like eating salad and feeling miserable, there's a social component to food. So yes, when I'm going, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy and balanced. Um, at that moment, like I remember those three weeks and it was, it was so hard. Um, it was so hard because it's hard to find places where I could find raw food, like raw vegan food. Um, and if I'm with my family and we're going, they're like going to Kiki's or they're going to like some place to eat. And like, I'm just smelling all these aroma and I'm over here. Like, well, all I can eat is like a mango here, you know, like that's yeah. it. Even though I love mangoes, that's but hard. it's not really nutritious for my body in this moment. Mm. And that's when I'm miserable or when I'm even eating at home, like, mm -hmm. and I'm preparing all my food, um, and doing it for me. And allowing like my, my family members to do what they want to do and eat what they need to because their system is different and their body responds differently. But it's also like at the same time, like, is my support system supporting my lifestyle change? If mm -hmm. I'm trying to eat gluten free or and I'm trying to eat minimal process, are my support system like are they are they helping or are they yeah hurting? or are they taunting and like hey hey get a pizza you know you're ah, yeah. <laughs> so, like oh no because yeah. when i started the gluten-free diet because like i needed to because my issue with it was like it tied into my anxiety and it was making it a lot worse at the time so i really wanted to eat gluten-free and i was trying to make an effort but my family, despite the fact that they probably have celiac disease here, they still love They still that. go for it. They yeah. Ordering pizza. They have like, oh, I'm going to make a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Like all we have is bread. All we can do yeah. is remember. Like one time I was like really hungry and my brother was like, okay, I'm ordering food. And I was like, okay, gluten-free, okay. And then I came into the kitchen and it's just like a pizza. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, well, I guess you gotta eat a pizza. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Let's talk about celiacs, though. Let's talk about celiacs. Has anyone in your family had any type of like medical intervention for their celiacs, like surgeries or anything that had to happen? Anyone been hospitalized? Oh, okay. So my brother got his gallbladder removed, but I'm because of, of certain things. But I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it. But I know that, like, he's always experienced, like, bloating and everything when it comes to bread and, like, just the mm -hmm. same type of symptoms. And my dad was actually, like, diagnosed, like, they told him, like, yeah, you have celiac disease. But um, I just know that, like, they have different symptoms that I have a feeling probably go along with it because it's, like, a lot of, um, like, a lot of nerve issues that they say could tie into it because it's a, it's a, a autoimmune problem, too. So... Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how or where celiac disease can evolve to? No. <laughs> no? Okay. So I have a very good friend of mine um, that, and when I started getting into nutrition, the, the thing that really sparked my interest in it was disease because I, I came across, you know, my grandmother, she passed away from lymphoma. Um, I mean, I've had my cousin that had leukemia. I had, you know, so I've had a lot of stuff happen in my family that made me realize like, what's the root cause what is something that my grandmother was doing that maybe she could have done differently and she wouldn't have hit that point you know what i mean so what i when i started really looking into dairy i saw that dairy 
can create cancers like lymphoma. And I would remember my mom, my grandmother sitting down at the table drinking a cup of milk with every single meal. So it's like three times a day drinking milk. Because we were taught insane. milk is helpful for your bones. Milk is helpful for help. you, right? Right. So she had lymphoma. She ended up passing away. And it made me get into foods. I learned in high school that I was anemic. So I was like, oh my God, what can I do differently? So I started eating more foods like spinach and all of that, you know? So I started making those lifestyle changes very early. Um, and then I came across my friend. I've always been interested in disease, like I said. Um, and anytime I find that my friend gets sick or something or anyone gets sick, I'm always asking questions. I'm always saying like, okay, how can we fix this? You know, and I understand that there's a lot of diseases that, there's not sometimes nothing you could do is genetic or whatever you know what i mean but there is a huge part of it mm -hmm. that you can fix and prevent with foods yeah. so in the beginning what your body starts doing is it shows symptoms it's saying hey we have a problem you know what i mean like this Which is, is what's why going you get on the bloating, you right. get the yeah you get the bloating you get, you get whatever allergies. so you're like you're like, okay, what's going on? What can I change? You know, and right now you're like, oh, let me eat the bread. You know, it's not going to do anything right now. But cumulative over time, over and over and over again, that's when you start creating disease that once you pass a certain point, there's no food in the world that's going to take that disease away. You know what I mean? I mean, it might, but that's when you really have to start looking into conventional medicine because you need maybe an antibiotic you need maybe you know some type of like surgery or whatever because your organ is just too far gone you know what i mean so then you really can't eat certain foods because you have a gallbladder missing you know what i mean and then your liver has more strain on it your kidneys have more strain on it um and my friend who had celiac disease she also developed she's she was 34 years old this was last year and i was there with her taking care of her kid um while she was getting chemo because she couldn't even like pick up her kid or anything but she ended up getting diagnosed with stage four colon cancer wow. and they had to do a what is that a colostomy mm -hmm. right where they put the bag in your stomach and then that's where you you go to the bathroom there you know mm -hmm. because she, they had to cut and what's crazy is this was during uh christmas so she had to go into the hospital out of nowhere and she did a colonoscopy probably like a year two years back and they said it was normal you know so it was just all of nowhere she's like why is my stomach hurting she didn't understand why so then she got admitted to the hospital and emergency surgery they put her in when she woke up they said okay so we have some good news and bad news good news is you know obviously you're alive and mm -hmm. then the bad news is is that you're diagnosed with stage four colon cancer you have stage one on one of her intestines and then stage four on the other part of her intestines. So they had to cut out. The only thing that she has is her, I want to say her, the large intestine wow. was taken out. I don't know. She has the, you know, we have the long intestine and then the short one. Yeah. She only yeah. has the short one. Yeah, that's a large one. That's a large one. So, which means, and then they also put a colostomy bag and then they put her on chemo and radiation. Mm. um it was horrible it was horrible she has a one-year-old one and a half year old son at the time um and then like she was she went through it and then she had that bag on her you know and she just recently she survived it luckily it's all gone they removed her bag they put her intestines back together um, just her short one, which means that when she eats something, she's going to have to use the bathroom within maybe like 20 minutes because that food is going to go right through her, you know? And then because of her disease, it's not like she can be 
vegan or eat certain vegetables or anything because her digestive system is already compromised, you know? So there's a lot of foods that she's not able to eat. And during her chemo, I was kind of like, hey, I don't think you're really supposed to be eating all of that. She's like, yeah, but at this point, she just needs to try to keep weight on, you mm -hmm. know? So she was trying to eat very high fatty foods, although it was not the best food for her to eat, you know? So it was just, it was a mess. It was a mess. But luckily she survived and she's doing well now. But she still has celiac disease, which means that she has a very high risk of getting cancer again, mm -hmm. of it coming back, you know, but she still, she's okay. She's still in her thirties, you know, like she has a very long life still ahead of her. Um, but that's where disease and celiac can evolve to where the family's health can evolve to. If they're not careful, if they really truly understand where the disease can evolve, then that's where maybe those lifestyle changes won't be so hard. And as you're talking about it, I'm like, you're like, okay, when I could think about what it may lead to, what it just brings to mind of like, yo, what I eat is an act of self-love. How I'm feeding myself and what I, I do to care for myself is an act of self-love. And I don't know if a lot of people think that way because I know I didn't for a long time. You just eat because it feels good and it tastes good yeah. and you're bored. Or you know, like they the have nothing else. What's the cheapest food I can eat What's that's going to keep me fuller the longest? Exactly, because that's another thing that you're talking about uh, when you were talking about earlier about the doctor and just like um, the diets and, and of just like native diets, you know, of eating plant-based and having things that are from the earth. We've evolved in our culture and our society to the point where that's a privilege, that's like being elite. I need to have money to eat things from the earth, Kayla. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And whereas before, it was something so natural that our grandparents and great-grandparents, that's how they lived. And it yeah, was sustainable. Yeah, because they're like, it was growing in the back. It was growing in the yeah. back. That's yeah. the food that we I remember picking the beans and like <laughs> just putting the beans in the buckets all the time. Like, oh, this is taking forever. And I know like my grandparents had all of these like herbs and natural foods that they would do the teas, they would do um, different things that they would eat. Um, and I, I like, after I grew up and realized what was going on, um, realized, man, like they were doing things for their health and that's why they lived so long that they didn't even realize um, mm -hmm. what was happening. Um, but it was also reminding me of, of Gabby's mom like the, the when she went through cancer, she did a lot of cleansing mm -hmm. um, for in with her diet as well. Yeah, because I remember her coming down here to Florida and doing a lot of the detoxes to help yeah. um, clean her system, which I think actually helped her survive it. Yeah, for her, her, long. her cancer actually went away after that, and then it came back, but for other reasons. And and that's why I love plants so much. And that's why I try to learn as much as I can and garden and trying to get back to basics so that I have more control over my nutrition and over my food. And I've put all this love and time into making it grow and then eating it. And it's this whole process, you know, it that it, it makes it feel different that when I finally do eat it, it's just like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. Like, I can't believe I helped this grow. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a much healthier relationship. Yeah. yeah. And like even going back to the idea of eating well as a form of self-love, it makes me think of like when we think of self-love a lot of the time, we tend to think of things that are pleasurable in order to feel better. But a lot of the time it's just mm -hmm. like, 
almost like purging ourselves of the negativities in our life. Like when we think about self-love in terms of like friendship, like if we have to get rid of a certain person or something like that, that's negative to your life. Same thing when it comes to food. Like if something's negative in your life, you have to take, get rid of it. Yeah. It out. yeah. It's so, just not, it's not easy. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the human condition is like, it's not easy for us to make those choices. And for us to make that happen, you know, especially when we have attachment to it, mm-hmm. a person, uh, you know, food, like all of it, like it's, it it's hard to just, just say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's because we have somewhat of a self-identity in it. And we kind of feel like a part of us is leaving too, you know, although it's like, who am I without Benny me? not serving us anymore. <laughs> yeah. who am what I? am I going to do in Christmas? <laughs> I can't have a pastel. What? And like, the thing is that that is one thing I did appreciate and learn um in changing my diet and especially just even those couple weeks of doing the raw uh raw food vegan um not that i stuck with it but it helped me appreciate the fact that wait a minute you can have a similar taste and you can still have the same things Mm -hmm. but without compromising your health for it like you can like i could remix it i could just change It, it would take some effort to really just play with food and have fun in the kitchen and try to find a different way of making something similar where I can still have that connection and that tie to my culture, to my family, mm-hmm. but also my health. And the thing is, like Gabby was talking about self-love, um, and we think about it just pleasurable things, but I think also a big part, and I think Will Smith said this, where self-love equals self-discipline. So if I really truly care for something or a kid for myself, I'm going to make sure I have a routine and discipline myself in order to get the benefits long-term, not just the immediate gratification. And I think that's the hardest mm-hmm. part, at least for me, I think with coronavirus and this pandemic, I must be honest, it has helped me really slow down to have the time to prepare meals and really cook for myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because the lifestyle I live usually is very go, 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 very like a workaholic, hustle, hustle, hustle. And I don't have time to sit down and cook all these things. And even with meal prep, it's not the same. Like I could take the food with me, but I don't Mm -hmm. have a refrigerator in my office where I can just have like really healthy, full meals and warm them up. I I don't have that. So it was a lot of rush, 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 go, 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 grab what I can and just snack in between the, like in between sessions, Mm -hmm. in between appointments, um, because I wasn't giving myself the priority. Everybody else had my time before me. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. almost a reflection of my lifestyle. Am I going to, like, what's my priority? Am I going to prioritize me and my health or mm-hmm. the hustle and the productivity that society's telling me is what I need? Yeah, yeah, and it's all, it's all balanced. Um, at the same time, I also have, when I started eating meat again. Um, Why did you start I, eating meat it again? It was crazy. Well, my grandfather was sitting down at the table one of the very few last times that I had with him. And he was always trying to get me to eat, you know? And he's like, oh, you know, do they want alcapurria here? And I'm like, papi, I don't need alcapurria. That has meat in it. And I was like, is it vegan? He goes, there's nothing in it. It's just verdura, that's it. And I'm like, really? I said, oh, shit, all right. So I was sitting there It's like, there's no grilled meat in it. You got this. Happy as hell, eating it, eating it, eating it. And then I'm here eating it. And I'm like, I'm like, papi, what is this? Oh, I don't know. Boy, or I go, I don't know. What the hell? I don't eat it, you know? And I remember just getting, it's like, 
it's almost like getting mad and not mad because I'm like, well, did it really freaking matter? No, yeah. it didn't really matter. Like, it didn't kill me, you know? And that was the whole point. Like, he felt so much joy to be able to feed me. You mm-hmm. know, like, he felt so much joy to just me being in his kitchen, sitting down, like, you know what I mean? Like, that was probably one of the very few visits that he's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. My granddaughter's coming. I get to meet mm-hmm. her, you know, and I get to, like, feed her. And, you know, like, those are very precious moments that when all is said and done, we're not going to think about what the hell we ate. You know what I mean? But it's all about balance. It's all about, you know, if I have control over my food, then cool. While I'm at home, I'm, I'm pretty much vegan. I really don't buy meat when I'm here. If I go to my mom's house, my mom is making poi I might eat it. You know what I mean? And I'm really grateful that my mom is healthy enough to be able to prepare this food, you know, and give mm-hmm. it to me. And I eat it. And I'm like, cool, thank you. I'm very grateful for it. And then I just kind of go on my little vegan ways again, like whatever. And I and I find that balance, you know, and maybe it's not vegan enough for other people, but I don't care. Yeah, it's important because I think with that is the fact that you were talking about earlier about just sometimes being very rigid in what I eat, what I don't eat when you first started on your vegan journey. And we can get like that with any food, any food that we eat, like any um, diets or things like we become so restrictive, like this is bad for you and this is good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, food is not bad or good. It's food. And the thought of the fact that our bodies are made to keep us safe. Like our bodies have a cleansing system and they, they're trying to make sure that we're balanced and protected in the way. So if I go ahead and eat alcapurria with a little bit of chicken, it's gonna, not going to damage my whole system. You know, it's almost having that. Right. For that, some people, they think they will. And it might for some it, people. It, you know it what I mean? It might. On, on your system, yeah. But it's yeah. like almost having that 80-20 rule that I, like, that's how I worked. It's mm-hmm. like 80% of the time, I'm going to eat things that are, are helpful for me and uh, not as processed, minimally processed as I can. But, you know, maybe I want to eat that donut. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to allow myself to eat that donut because, you know, that's that's okay. Like, that makes me happy. Yes, it's, it's, part of, it's part of living. Yeah. It's part of living and it's part of, like, you know, before, before COVID where we could travel. Uh, food is such a like a cultural staple right like you go to different places you want to know about their culture like like try their food you know what I mean like and and share that with them like food is like such a blessing and such a great way to be able to connect with people you know so to be so rigid and be like I'm not gonna eat that I'm vegan you know it's just like if it's possible and if it's there great like it's not gonna kill me and if I get sick I get sick (laughs) then I'm like shit I got sick you know but (laughs) And then there's plant medicine for that. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's just, it's bio-individuality. You just got to figure out what works for your body. Do it in balance and, you know, do it with awareness and with love and just hope for the best from there, <laughs> you know, and, and what works one day may not work the next day. Of course. Your oh. body's always changing. And that's, I think, where the attunement comes in. Like, do I know myself enough? Can I slow down enough to pay attention to what my body's saying today? Because right now, eating this piece of chicken is really good. And then tomorrow, all of a sudden, the same piece of chicken is hurting me. Or right now, the yeah, salad is helping me. And it might me. be like overload. Yeah, it might be overload. You know, your body's like, I've had enough of this. I need yeah. something else. Please get something else. And then, you know, and then it just kind of like balances off from there. You know? It, it is like that, though. That's true. There was a book that I wanted to mention earlier before I forget. Uh-huh. There's a book called uh, The Secret the secret life of trees i was thinking about that when you were talking about earlier about plants and like their spirits and i'm like what 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention it. So the the plants between them communicating with each other and how trees work, and we have so much to learn about like forests and tree communities, and and maybe that can help human beings be more like cooperative with each other. Um, but the way that trees work is just incredible. Like we're we're so small, we're so meaningless in comparison to like the vast universe. <laughs> like just enjoy your food. <laughs> we're yeah, here for a short time. It just live and, yeah, and do it because you love yourself you know you you do it because you're really treating yourself and caring for yourself and it's helping us almost get back to our own nature um and learning from the trees and learning from the plants and learning from the animals and and learning from our own instinct and like slow down we're part of it too yeah, right? Yeah, it's so nice to have those, like, types of food, especially when it's hot like that, because it's just cooling. You know, like, during the winters, I love soups. Like, I'm always, like, soups and hot, warm things. Like, I'm not gonna eat a salad, but during the summer, I'm all about, like, fruits and salads and smoothies and, you know, like, eating all that. And when I was mentioning the dehydrator earlier to you, Gabby, um, the fact that you are gluten intolerant like and you could even do it in the oven you don't need a dehydrator but you can make stuff like zucchini breads and you know like things that are just flourless um and just learn i know there's a trick to it because it's not ever really going to be the same mm -hmm. um but they are they are pretty good and then there's also i was watching this documentary on netflix about bread and oh my god it's so beautiful like the history behind it and mm -hmm. why bread is like such a thing i love bread so and i have yummy. i have pcos so i'm not supposed to I know I'm not supposed to have bread either. I try to stay away from it as much as possible to see if I can like try to balance out my hormones as much as possible. During the raw food detox, I felt incredible. I mm. felt so freaking good. I'm like, this is the way I'm supposed to be feeling. Like, how is it that I just got onto this like coffee diet? Coffee, arroz con habichuela, and and, and like pastel de guayaba. Yeah, I was just like pastel de guayaba, and I'm like, I'm hungry. Let me have some coffee. Crazy. And then I'm like, okay, detox is necessary right now. I need to do this. And once I did, I was like, I forgot why I used to eat like this because it just, I feel so balanced and I feel so good without bread. The other day I had a veggie burger and I ended up taking the bread off of it because I didn't even like really want it. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that too with myself of like, as I started to learn more and you start to attune more with your own needs, the things that I used to like and couldn't live without quote unquote, um, I, I lost its sense of taste for them. And not that I don't, mm -hmm. I don't appreciate that the fact that when I used to eat it, it did, it served its purpose for me, but my needs and my, um, um, my point of view has changed. So I can, I can enjoy something different and I, I don't need it anymore. Like I don't need it as much um, because it would be a point like mm -hmm. ice cream. I used to eat ice cream every day. Every day I would eat ice cream every day. Yes, it was yeah. horrible. But I, it was like at a point <laughs> where I was, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know how people can just eat a little bit. But now I'm like, all right, I can just have literally a spoon because now I just want the taste of it and I don't need to have like yeah, a pint. Yeah, that's I how just, I start changing too, just having a little bit. I just need the taste of it. And I'm like, yeah. that satisfies me enough. Um, and that took years of, of changing the way I was thinking and, and the way I was living and just adapting. But what you mentioned earlier about just each season and how you eat in the summer maybe something more refreshing and light and then the winter is like more hearty warm soups um the thing is like our life is cyclical 
like we live in seasons we live mm-hmm. in in times and cycles and our body also goes through cycles so it's like yes i need a variety of food at different times today i may feel like a lot of veggies a lot of plants a lot of this mm-hmm. and then you know what i may not need all the i just may need something a little bit you know more more hearty and ground like whatever it may be but it's allowing ourselves to yeah to move and to change because we're living yeah it's pretty fluid we evolve we evolve and there's always phases and cycles to it because our body needs different things at different times yeah and i think even uh genetically we need different things you know because if we were from from puerto rico What's mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico? Island food, like it's a mm-hmm. lot of fishes and a lot of like, you know, tropical plants and juca and, and plantains and oh, fruits yeah. and right. Like all of those foods are from there and that's what our ancestors were eating. And that's most likely what's going to agree with us, yeah. you know, and that's in our DNA. We're gonna go well. somewhere it's else, that. like let's say in Sweden, like, you know, they're high, high dairy, like <laughs> high dairy, I probably wouldn't do very good with, you know what I mean? Um, but they do great and they have some of the lowest cancer rates, like, you know, because they, and they swear by their milk and they swear by their stuff, you know what I mean? So it just kind of depends where you're at. If you were in Alaska, they're mm-hmm. very high, high meat because that's mm-hmm. what they can find, you know, and go hunt or something. So it just all depends on like where you are geographically. Yeah. Cause and the weather what affects what you need in your to body you. too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's pretty intense, you know, and then, and complicated and simple at the same time, you know? Like, I think culturally, we just got really complicated, <laughs> but it's pretty simple. You just go to your backyard, you grow some stuff, you eat it, like. And you just <laughs> listen to your body. You really have to be mindful yeah. and pay attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you coming on, giving us your insights. Oh, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, girl, you schooled us today. You schooled us. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to get healthy and make some changes you know um i did i attended integrative institute of nutrition and i graduated as a health coach and i help people like with their diets and just getting healthier and stuff but one of the main things that you want to start out on is one increase your water intake like that alone is going to make you feel so much better yeah like increase (laughs) water intake (laughs) good job another thing that you could do is think about crowding your food you know, with like, you don't have to change anything in your diet, but crowding it in, in the sense of adding a green, you know, like something that you're already eating, but then you're saying, you know what, let me add more greens. Let me add more fruits. And to the point that you add so much of those things that it starts to naturally crowd out all the other stuff, you know, so you don't really have to think about like, oh, let me go ahead. I need to cut this out of my diet. Like, no, like, let let me add all of these things to what I'm already eating. And then naturally you're going to start making those changes. Mm-hmm. you know so, so she's hype <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm gonna be so healthy i'm gonna start i'm gonna start okay keep me in check if i'm eating bread keep me in check and be like no what you doing put that bread down anyway sorry i'm just yeah, yeah just think like what what could you eat in place of bread like what is it about a substitute really craving you mm-hmm. know is it is it the easiness that it's available yep. so then maybe just don't buy it you know because that's what i do i just don't buy the bread in my house because it's gonna girl get easy, exactly you know? Or you could say, okay, if I'm craving something like that, what is something that I could have? And and like I was telling you with the dehydrator or your oven, you can make alternative breads, you know, so it can give you like that doughy feeling Mm -hmm. without it actually being gluten, you know, or make some crackers or something. Yeah. Like, it's true. Yeah. You can, and there's so much, yeah, there's so many options now. Like thankfully that there's more options to substitute things, but like, 
um, being yeah, able girl, to when use. When I first started, you couldn't find any of this stuff. No, like you could get tapioca <laughs> like, flour now. You could get like yeah. coconut flour, almond flour. I'm like, oh man, like I I can eat pancakes now without their yeah, being gluten. Coconut date balls. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and like even having substitutes, like go that. through it and look at all the pictures. I go, I spend hours on Pinterest, just looking at recipes, you know, and then trying to attempt it. Yeah. So Girl. the cheesecake I made was out of cashews. You know, it was so good. I had like so during the detox, it was the best. Like I had cheesecake. I had date chocolate balls. I, I mean, it was just it was good and it was rich. I had avocado chocolate pudding chia pudding like i was obsessed this is what we're gonna do we're all gonna go to kayla's house she's gonna set up a whole like a whole like <laughs> meal we're just gonna go in and i would love to i would love to yeah i got you guys man Whenever. if anybody has questions for you kayla or like wants to reach out how can they contact you um i think instagram is probably the best place mm -hmm. at yoga b girl Mm -hmm. and or my email which is my first and last name at gmail.com awesome thank you thank you thank you so much of course. so much knowledge appreciate it Yay. um Never yeah <laughs> so for everybody out there like we invite you to also reach out and and contact us um i am here pod at um gmail.com if you have any thoughts questions or um just insights um you can also reach out on instagram and facebook i am here pod on all social media platforms and subscribe to our youtube or just give us a thumbs up um, we are always 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 so glad that you are here